people ask you if you want to go do something in life, just say, why wouldn't a guy? Or why wouldn't a girl? This is Mrs. K, head massage therapist of your Ryan Rockets. Sean, take a seat, son. Well, hello and a big welcome to all the degenerates and pigeons tuned in. Welcome to twirl number 68, the Yarmer Yager of twirls for the Monday Nooner podcast. Of course, the pod is always brought to you by our title sponsor, Rosetown Mainline Motors and Mainline Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram in Rosetown. Shane Belter, big twirl here, 68, but really looking forward to next week. You? You know, the old 69, I just don't know if my hip could get into that position. I think we'd have to see if Mrs. B could get her, uh, could get up in there, but I don't know if she even could. We're getting old, man. So, uh, yeah, 68, lots of long time. We got Babs back tonight. Uh, my mustache, Babs, still haven't got a Twitter handle for the stash yet, but uh, good to see you again for your back-to-back. You got called up for two games. We're pay- we paid you all week just to sit in a hotel. Unreal, fellas. I'm I'm back. It feels great. I uh, didn't know uh, didn't know how what the verdict was going to be. Saw a uh, a big uh, job description looking for a classified classifieds for help wanted sign, and, and I thought that that's a bad sign right there. But uh, the call came <laughs> through. My agent came through, and uh, I, I'm just happy to be here again. Yeah, we thought you were worth the second look. Uh, yeah, the management, the brass just wanted to have another peek at you and see what you do with a little more, uh, a little more prep time this week. So look forward to seeing what you got. Well, you're you mentioned the you put me up in a hotel, kept me in Regina all week, took in the Ryder game and wandering around the stadium talking to people and and uh, people are like, oh, I heard heard you on the nooner. I recognize that voice. what's where's barry i'm like well no let's talk about chris babbings chris babbings wants to talk about chris babbings because that's all chris babbings worries about he doesn't worry about where's barry people so speaking of that though where's speaking of that yeah you know where is barry who's seen him it's like one of those but you know what word on the street is from what you know this is just obviously rumors but what i'm hearing is, is he really liked the training with the kayak thing I think Jesse Anderson actually tweeted a photo of him with a truck. There was a bunch of kayaks heading up north. I think Barry had bought a kayak. He didn't know which one would suit his needs best, right, for speed or, you know, how that works with stuff like that. So he's getting ready to go. He's going to train, I heard, on the North Saskatchewan River this, this you know, summer. And then next year, being the philanthropist that he is, he's going to fire something up where he's going to be giving, like, you know, you can donate for his trip. If he gets, you know, so however many hundreds of miles and he's going to donate so much money to whatever great cause he's going to, he's going to be doing. So yeah, that's what we heard he's up to. Well, let me just back up there. Um, if, if you don't follow us on Twitter, we heard he's up there, but we're not sure. We actually put out a uh, missing person alert, uh, not to alarm people, but it's just, we want to know what Barry's up to, right? People keep asking us every time I go to the golf course, what's the deal with Barry he hasn't been on the show. I don't know folks. So uh, yeah, we put out that, yeah. uh, Missing, missing boy there, uh, wanted poster there missing, on social media. So looking for tips and, and any information is, uh, yeah, we're looking for it. So boys, that takes us to our come up this week brought to you by, you know, we're going to give this one to, I, I do a little work for this company. I'm going to give, I'm going to give the come up this week to warrior boats company that I do a lot of fishing, uh, fishing for, and my kids do lots of tubing for dealership in Swift current Saskatchewan. 
Sherry Hope, Tyler Hope, give them a call. Anchor Marine out of Swift Current. We're going to come up to them this week. This week, boys, we've got a great show coming up. Brett Pepler from the Ryan Rockets. Apparently he knows Mrs. K. He's coming on, giving us a little jab. Chris McAllister, 300 games in the show. Absolute Sasky weapon. And Evan Moore from the provincial championship team, Earl Grey Rockets, comes on for a little jab too. And lots of other BS. Who knows, like, where's Waldo? Where's Barry? All that going on. And, uh, yeah, that's what we got coming up this week. Yeah, and I think we should also, Babs mentioned it off the top, but I think we'd be remiss if we didn't get into this uh right off the top of the show here. So what Babs was referring to, uh, the fact he didn't know if he'd be back on, is actually after the last episode, I thought, you know what? That was really fun. And we're busy. We don't know what Barry's up to. Shane's busy. I'm busy. We should have an arsenal of qualified individuals, Sasky weapons that can step in and uh, be a guest co-host on the show. So I thought, well, how are we going to decide who we're going to get? So I actually put out a job uh a posting on our social media. I put it up on SAS jobs and indeed, and uh, all those major platforms that uh, you apply for jobs. So if people didn't see the job posting guys, I just want to quickly give a rundown to listeners, what we're looking for. And there's still time to apply. And uh, yeah, so I'll just go through, I'll just go through the job posting belt. So just it. maybe rip, rip it yeah. off here real quick. So the job posting goes as follows. We have some beauty listeners and we think some of you would make excellent guest co-hosts on the pod. Why wouldn't a guy slash girl take your talents onto one of Saskatchewan's most mediocre podcasts? The Monday Nooner podcast is looking for the next Sasky weapon slash weapons to join us sporadically as a guest co-host on the show. Okay, so this is where the qualifications come in. And Babs, you can maybe chime in uh, on whether you think you meet these qualifications or not. So, yeah, I guess this could be like your live, live, your live interview, interview, right? Like we're going to be doing some interviews, but this could be your live interview right here. So qualification number one. All applicants must know what WWAG and TASS stand for. Babs, you know what those? Yeah, you, we, you, you shouldn't answer them, maybe, because we don't want to give away the answers to new applicants. You know what they mean? Good all call. Right. Good call. You could tweet us later what they are. All applicants must know how to take a joke. I think you're pretty wow. good at that, Babs. Not, looking not at, bad. I mean, I, looking I, at I, you, I we know down. you can. I broke down the first time you guys gave it to me, but after that, I bounced right back. I've been, I've been getting better at taking jokes. I think I'm okay there. Number three, knowledge of senior hockey is an asset, but not required. Your Canistano Tiger uh, manager, whatever, you dish out sticks and gas all over the province for the last decade. So allegedly, yeah, allegedly must contribute to the show more than Sean Kindop. You did that five minutes into your first one. So, you know, you've checked that box uh, already. There you go, Babs. You know what? I think the I think the one thing that Babs missed, Bozer, is that you don't get paid. Like I don't, you know, you just started your new job, right? And now it's like, oh my God, what's gonna happen if we need you full time? We just want you to know that you do not get paid. So global egg risk, don't accept his resignation letter. Okay, well, I need to uh, call the optometrist. I guess my kids aren't getting glasses this year, so it's a little freaking awkward. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. We got some. We'll find some Coke bottles. We'll, we'll make a go. There you uh, go. So yeah, that's the uh, the guest co-host. So anybody listening out there, if you're thinking this Babs guy is mediocre slash average, fair to fair to moderate at best, you think you could do better than Babs? It's as simple as uh, coming up with a creative, and we've got some doozies 
creative yeah. uh, resume application and either DMing at Monday Nooner or emailing Monday Nooner at gmail.com. Shane, I think we'll hold off until next week and we'll actually maybe read some of these uh, live on the air or maybe get some guys on live to do their interviews. But uh, yeah, just wanted to update everybody on that going on. Yeah, no, that's been really good, Boz. And I know there's been a big cry for Mrs. K. She actually sh- gave us a little shout out to see if the apps are still open. We're still waiting for her uh, for application to come in. Hopefully we get it. We'd love to uh, love the interviewers. So, yeah, no, hopefully uh, hopefully we get lots and uh, have some fun with it. I knew they were going to be a bit of a wagon. All right, boys, last show recap. What did you guys think of last show? Damon Severson. What an absolute weapon. I had some great comments on it. I, I actually had guys tell me I had one guy, one of the sponsors of our, sh- one of the sponsors of the show messaged me and said, it was like top two for him. Just loved it. Thought Damon was awesome. I thought the interview was fantastic. I thought he did a great job, especially like me and Boz were talking for a current player. Yeah. I, th- I thought he came in with a level of honesty that you don't often see with current players, you know, talked a little bit about himself, talk- talked about his teammates and, the epitome of Saskatchewan right there, hard work and honest. That's, that's what we loved about him. Yeah. I actually uh, received an email from him on the weekend that was like, Hey, sorry, I didn't let you know. Just want to say thanks for having me. Uh, whatever. Got busy. Didn't get back to you earlier. I'm like, no, like most guys probably wouldn't email two days later, three days later and say, thanks for letting me come on. So, and yeah, Shane, I had the same comments. I heard from a couple guys. They thought they're like, that was the top five uh, twirl that you put out there. And uh, yeah. So people really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Thanks to Damon. Took, Good luck this year. He took some extra time getting back to you because he was flipping through the auto trader, buying another used car, and meanwhile dropping his wife off at her, you know, her night shift, making five sheets in the show. You know what? He was actually back in Saski at a wedding in Pilot Butte or Belgoni, I believe, when he messaged. Yeah. Good kid. Absolute. Well, I, yeah. I got to tell myself to take a seat. Cause I called him a kid like five. When I listened to the show, I called him kid like six times. Like this kid, this kid. I'm like, he's not really. A kid. He's been in the NHL for seven years. He's not a kid. So take a seat myself for keeping keeping on calling him a kid. Anyway. And he does look young though. He looked like he looks like a young guy. And, he, and I mean, to me, he is right. He's a young young man. But uh, yeah, what an absolute weapon. Wearing an A in the show, and uh, yeah, no, what a beauty. Yeah, I think that just comes back to the the sneaky good career he's had. You, you referenced it in the interview. Just we don't hear a lot about the Devils here, and and so we don't know about the the career he's had. That's why a guy thinks he's uh, you know he's a kid and, and he's but he's been there and, and put together a hell of a hell of an NHL career already. And as always, boys, last show recap: Cathedral Electric Spoons. You guys better get a hold of him. I know he'll be rocking all winter and all fall, but you know Spoons is going to get the old stacks on pretty soon and. Be stopping those clappers and senior. You want to make sure you get him out there so he's focused on the job and uh, getting her all done. Upright, furnace, AC, anything at the house or cottage, give Spoons Cathedral Electric a shout and let them do it right for you. Hey, why wouldn't a guy? That'll take us into our uh, shout outs, I believe, this week. Of course, shout outs for Synergy AG, local crop input retailer locations all throughout Saskatchewan, including that new one in Grenfell where uh, that Kenny guy, Jeremy Kenny, I think he's the new. New manager there. He's actually a member Weapon. of the Earl Grey Rockets fastball team. So if you're in that Grenfell area, stop by and see him. He'll probably tell you all about the championship. And, of course, all those other locations with Brad Hamner, his crew, Lumsden and Govan and all these other uh, locations you can find online. I'll fire this one up, Ozzy. You know, I'm going to give a shout-out to this a guy named Dylan Unique from Unique Gardens. And great guy. 
I had some, I having some issues with my trees in the backyard. I was telling Babs about it. I got, I don't know if I got a bug in them or what, what's going on with them. Sent him some pictures, fired it back. He's like, this is what it is. Like deadly guys. Like I can't really help you. I can't really get you what you need, but here's what you kind of need. What's my next call goes to my next shout out. Synergy AG, Mr. Brad Hamner told him what's going on. He's like belts. I'll handle it. Don't worry about it. So it's under control. Brad's taking care of it for me. So another double shout out there tonight. And I uh, yeah, just awesome weapons in, uh, in Saski. You're up, Chris. Yeah. I, lots, uh, lots of shout outs after that week. A, a couple of notable ones, uh, to, uh, no, I'm not going to go along here, fellas. I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta give a shout out to a couple guys here, yeah. uh, to, uh, Dane, Dane Perrin, uh, he's absolute weapon. He, his comment was that he, he was almost impressed by my work last week. So, coming from that guy I'll, I'll take that uh, and, and i think that fits right in right in with what you said and uh another buddy jesse tratch said i was way better than that other guy and we can just speculate on who that other guy is could be me could be belts could be barry could be sean never know. probably can we'll never know <laughs> yeah that's the most logical choice you got any other ones there uh babs yeah, I, I do. I got uh, I got a, one other one. It's a little bit of a, a more serious one here. They they had the Gasper Memorial Golf Tournament out in Rosetown uh, for the Gasper Family Foundation. A t- terrible accident that happened there a couple years back. So uh, shout out to Jared Jagow. Um, never met Jared. Here he's an absolute beauty from some mutual friends and uh, know that that, uh, that impacted him uh, deeply. So he's doing some good work as, as a community of Rosetown. So, so shout out to everyone there uh, involved with that. Yeah, that one always, that one always breaks my heart. Like I grew up about an hour from there and I know that uh, Troy Gasper was my age and I remember playing against him as a kid. Didn't really know him personally, but yeah, good shout out there and uh, well said for sure there. Chris, I guess I'll maybe try and uh, lighten the mood a little bit because I've got an absolute, I don't even know how to describe her other than just an unbelievable woman. Um. Some people say she's the, the new Mrs. B of the show. She lives out in Glen in Saskatchewan. Her name is Myrna Babbing. She's been uh, tuning in, so just wanted to give her a little uh, little plug and say thanks for tuning in, Myrna. And, uh, yeah, keep keep playing, and eventually you'll get a couple hangers on that shuffleboard table. So um, is Myrna down Is Myrna down at tea time, and she's like, hey, guys, like here, let's fire this up. You guys get your cell phones out. They got the flippers, like out flippers the old motorolas my son is on this show and you they're listening that's how our <laughs> listenership gets up so i good job myrna absolutely yeah yeah i'm i'm big news back home and and once people figure out how to download podcasts uh the, the raiders their ratings just continue to grow are they gonna get a poster of you made like all the old gals home of? down home yeah. of You'll be in the church basement where they're cooking the, the pastries and having the, the big coffee out of the, the big silver urns, urns things, <laughs> the way they go. Yeah. You'll be, you picture Chris Babbings, star of the Monday. Two time, two time, two time participant. Yeah. Uh, you know, Participation that, that, medal. If I'm still around for the next homecoming, if I don't have a freaking float, I'll be pissed. <laughs> And I'm not chucking candy because I don't share candy. That's just not how I roll. You know, I will say, though, we did have uh, some good listenership from the Southeast last week. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure that had a little bit to do with uh, your old stomping grounds. And speaking of the Southeast, I got a couple shout outs here. Uh, I, I 
cover the Southeast for my job. So I hit up a lot of local restaurants and I just want to give a couple of them, a couple quick uh, plugs for all the foodies out there. Two best ones I've hit so far. Moosem in Saskatchewan, the red barn. I've talked about it yeah. a little bit, 10 out of 10. Love that place. They're unbelievable. Whether you're sitting in in the lounge or just grabbing something on the way through. It's awesome. I think it's owned by the Davidson family. Um, I believe their son Dawson played for the Regina Pats and uh, a little bit with the Saskatoon Blades. I think it's his parents that own that uh, place. Could be wrong. And the other one is in Carlisle and it's called The Office. It's a nice uh, little bar restaurant. So anybody going through Carlisle had lunch there today. Nice spot and a nice local business. You guys, I saw you guys perk up when I said Red Barn too. Well, I mean, their, their chicken is world class. There, there's no doubt about that. But you, you talk about Carlisle, and we love to give free plugs to bakeries. The cinnamon buns at the Carlisle Bakery, I mean, this face wouldn't be what it is without those cinnamon buns. Wow. Those cinnamon buns are top three in Saskatchewan. Lair's, my pop cinnamon buns are top two, but they're just outside. Yeah. Wow. Unreal. Like, are they like a cream cheese on top or like a just straight cinnamon bun, like sticky sugar just, on top? Just, just the original cinnamon bun. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It'll change your life. Well, that well, should be the fact that I told you about this. That needs to go onto my resume for next episode. Well, we need them. to try them. We need to try them. Belts. So we got to get them. I'm through there once, twice a week. I'll pick up go. some. I'll bring them over. We'll, uh, we'll see. Them. And if they're no yeah. good, then Babs is probably on the. Uh, do we'll not be back in the list. Yeah. Be back in the ECHL again. Okay. I got one more. Sorry, just one right, more go. quick shout out. I was uh, driving this morning on the highways in Southeast Saskatchewan. I was actually the first on site of an accident. It was a little bit scary. It turned out to not be too serious, but the ambulance, the first responders, the fire truck were all there. And uh, I just thought it was really cool because all of these first responders were there like within five minutes and pretty much all of them were local farmers in the area. And I just thought it was so cool how like people came together and, and made that happen so fast to help people. Yeah. And just, you know, first volunteer, first responders. We talk a lot about the EMTs, the paramedics, the police and all that worthwhile. But I think these volunteer uh, first responders, I think they're volunteer. They might get a little bit of money for doing it actually, but either way, they're getting out of the combine, jumping in their truck, going, you know, just shout out to all those guys and girls. That's uh that's a great one. I got one more quick one and, and, uh, Talk about people that, that do good work. Uh, shout out to uh, Josh Peterson, one of uh, PA's finest, former Shellbrooke uh, Elk, current Kinnisno Tiger. But uh, he helped us with one of our guests here tonight and, and some information. So shout out to that absolute legend. That's there awesome, you know. boys. Shout out Synergy AG. That's the longest one on record. Chris Babbings really extended that one. So yeah, good job out there, everybody. That was uh, That was a good one. One of these weeks, we'll have to do a Babs uh, ultimate food road trip. He seems to know the uh, <laughs> the best Chinese food in Canisno and Carlisle cinnamon buns and chicken at Mooseman. So Babs will let you think about that until maybe next time you're on the show. And uh, Babs you're gonna get your own weekend show. Yeah, you're gonna get your own segment, Babs Foodie. <laughs> Babs the Foodie. It, it seems like a perfect fit, actually. <laughs> uh, People ask you if you want to go do something in life, just say, why wouldn't a guy? Or why wouldn't a girl? All right, boys, time for the interview. Let's uh, let's hop right into this one. As always, interview brought to you by Kent Bittner, Bittner Mortgage, mortgagefromycouch.com. If you're like Babs and you want to get out of your mom's basement, you want to bring that shuffleboard with you, make sure there's enough room in the basement, 
Hey, pick that house, send it over to Bitsy. You sit in your couch, sit down. You can be throwing a couple hangers and Bitsy will still be able to get you approved for your mortgage. Ken Bitter, mortgageformycouch.com. Dial him up, get it all set up. Boys, 301 games in the show. We're not going to talk about his points, but we'll talk about his 634 PIMS. An absolute beauty and a weapon. Didn't even play any tier one till basically he was playing for the Saskatoon Blades. From Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Chris McAllister. Interview time. This week we've got a uh, good old Sasky weapon joining us. More than 300 games in the National Hockey League after a junior career with the Saskatoon Blades. And uh, we're going to divulge into some of his earlier playing days a little bit later on here in the interview. But Chris McAllister, thanks for joining the old Monday Nooner podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, fellas. Now we got a guy here, Chris Babbings. He's been talking for a week. Like you guys are like best friends for life kind of thing. Like, uh, yeah. So, so you actually know this guy first off? Well, yeah. When I came home from work, when I used to live in Roster, and it used to be a guy who used to follow me around town. And Can I get your autograph? <laughs> I had a, I had a, a vision that one day you and uh, your girlfriend had opened an ice cream shop and I wanted to make you wanted to become best friends so that I could get free ice cream out of the deal. That's it. Uh, it wasn't about getting autographs from NHL players. It was about free ice cream for me. <laughs> yes. The old little ice cream shop, milk run snack shed. That's right. So are you born, are you born in Saskatoon then, Chris? Born and raised in Saskatoon. I'm a true West side boy of Saskatoon. Yeah. Confed park area. Wow. Oh, Barry. Oh, Barry. Who's one, another one of our hosts. He's not on tonight, but man, you were probably, you probably had posters of you stuck up behind his door in his room. Absolutely. You did a eh, boss for sure. Yeah. It was big. Uh, zone a nights is where I played my minor hockey. So what, what were you like as a minor hockey player? Like, uh, obviously you were maybe a little bit later of a bloomer in hockey in your junior career, but were you a goal scorer at all in, uh, in the younger days? Yeah, I played center mostly, and uh, I was a goal scorer. We won uh, midget double A provincial champs. I was pretty much a forward then, so centerman, yeah. So, what at what point in your career do you realize you know what I, I got to play D because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make it as a forwarder? Uh, probably when I started for tryout with the Saskatoon Contacts, played D a little bit of forward, and that was pretty much their first cut. After I beat up my friend Craig Hayden, who used to be played for them too. So big plug to the little plug out to Craig Hayden there. I know he listens to this podcast too. So but yeah, first got from there, then I got to play junior B with the Saskatoon Royals, and that's where I learned how to fight, fighting all the big farm boys around Saskatchewan. So when you were a kid, like what was that? You you didn't ever play midget AAA then? No, never did. There's always a tier one or tier two player. Where do you go from junior B? Junior B, so halfway through the year, uh, Lauren Mulliken and Daryl Lubadicki came to a game. They seen me, so halfway through my junior B career, I practiced with the Blades for half of that year. Didn't play any games, just got my fat ass into shape. They used to bag skate the shit out of me, and I puked everywhere all the time. So the year after that, so you play, you, you have a decent year in Humboldt, obviously, and then in 94-95, I'm guessing would have been your 19-year-old year, you crack the Blades and you play 65 games with the Blades, you put up 134 pims. How, how was that year and how was that transition, I'm going to ask, from going from, you know, junior B to Humboldt and now you're in the WHL, which is, you know, the top elite league in, in Canada? I kind of took fitness a little bit more seriously. Um, 
I know when I played for the Blades, got to live at home. Um, Lauren Mulliken was our coach, and they gave me a chance, right? And uh, I worked out every morning at the YMCA downtown Saskatoon, about 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, Mulliken and those guys were there every morning, too, so they'd seen the effort I put in. They gave me a chance. And playing with my D partner pretty much that year is Wade Belock too. So we had quite the arm length and we had some good times playing against those Brandon Wheat Kings. A lot of times we'd fight at the same time of the game, get kicked out. So want to uh, want to bring you back your draft day. Uh, so drafted 1995 second round by the uh, Vancouver Canucks. What do you, what do you remember for that day? Was it, it was a surprise. Were you expecting to go in the second round? For me, being as a 19-year-old guy, first year WHL, just even get drafted anywhere is a treat, right? Me growing up, never thought I could play hockey as a living. I remember going to Edmonton, doing some meetings with, you see all these kids in uh, suits and cowboy boots on, going to these interviews. So the day of the draft, I kind of had a hint. Ron DeLorme kind of gave me a wink and I walking into the rink and said, and said to me, I'll see you guys, we'll see you later, big fella. That was kind of a hint there. But I think uh, I seen, I think my name was on the back of the jersey. So I know they traded their first round pick that year to Buffalo for McGillney, right? So I don't know if I would have been a first rounder or not. But so do you have any good draft stories? Like in those interviews, we hear lots of guys tell us some pretty weird stories sometimes in the way they try to play mind games and stuff like that. Do you have any good stories from those interviews? Um, I think more nowadays, they probably play more of the mind games. Um, back then, there's just, Asked about who I'd fight. You know, Wade Belak, he's your friend, right? He's a deep partner. If you had a game, would you fight him? I'm like, absolutely. Would you win? I'd kick his ass. And I said, I think you're lying. I think he'd kick your ass. I'm like, I don't think so. This, I think this was San Jose Sharks, I believe, if I can remember correctly, was this interview with them. So what, what kind of memories do you have, like, back in the WHL, that full year you played with the Blades? Like, was there any good memories, like, full-on run? line brawls, like gong show situations back there in the dub in the 90s? Well, I remember preseason games. I think we played in St. Louis against PA. We had a couple line brawls in that game. Um, I know I shot Shane Toporowski earlier on in the year. It was a long fight. I wasn't quite in that good of shape then either. But uh, I remember getting in better shape and getting more confidence in fighting and I tried to go after and chase around the rest of the year. And I don't think we fought too much more after that. But I remember Mitch Shore, I fought him lots in PA. So when did you, like, uh, when did you become a fighter? Like, was this through minor hockey? Did you start scrapping a little bit? Or when did kind of the, be realized that, uh, you know, you were going to be chucking knuckles out there? Like, as a kid or in junior? No, junior uh, well, I was a lippy kid growing up. So I was pretty fast too. So I just run away. But I had a bigger brother that used to take care of that stuff for me on the streets, but my first hockey fight was with the contacts triple A tryout where I said I fought my buddy Craig Hayden and did well. And I got cut that same day, but I really learned how to fight playing junior B. I remember fighting against Warren Wildcats, big, big farmer guy and uh, called me on. And I did really well. He hit me a couple of times hard, didn't flinch, hit him a few times hard. He went down pretty hard. And after the fight, I'm like, I'm pretty good at this. I kind of like it. It was fun. That's where it all started from there. 95, 96, you, you started in the AHL. What uh, kind of, what was that first game, that, that, that first game or kind of welcome to professional hockey moment for you? Well, you got Jack Bathahart. He's my coach in Syracuse. Back then we used to have split teams. So it was half Vancouver, half Pittsburgh. So assistant coach was a Pittsburgh guy. 
And all depends on what brass is down watching that game is which players play more Vancouver guys or Pittsburgh guys. But I remember Rochester, I think we had a preseason game and there's John Baduk, big bad John, uh, Brian Brawl's there too. And kind of get my eyes wide open there. Right. A couple guys played pro before my first pro game in the minors. So just seeing a couple of line brawls of the big guys was a big eye opener. Going into your first NHL camp with, with the Canucks, how was that different from, I'm going to say like, you, you know, you're going to your humble Bronco camp or your Saskatoon blade camp, the first camp with the Canucks, like what was the biggest part of that, that, that just kind of opened your eyes? Just the speed of the game, even back in the nineties, um, seeing how strong guys were, you're playing against men. I'm a 19 year old naive rookie at a junior, right? Haven't fully developed yet. I still grew a couple inches as a 19 year old. So I wasn't, quite as strong as I wanted to be in that. And I got Tim Hunter coming after me, slashing a stick out of my hands and kind of awestruck a little bit because you watch these guys on TV and that. But I think it was just the speed of the game and some of the size of the bigger guys that took you step back in that. And then you see Link Gates at camp, right? And then he's running around, throwing elbows, playing dirty. See all that fun stuff. I think Link Gates got kicked out of that camp because I think he threw his TV out of his... I think he threw his team at his hotel room that day, so Vancouver kicked him out of that camp. You you don't just chuck Nucks. You uh, you you scored a goal in your uh, your first year with the Canucks. Wondering if uh, you can take us through that. Uh, I think it was around Christmas time in Dallas at the old barn, and I'm sick. Uh, I told Mike Keenan, you know, I'm not feeling good. He's like, "Are you hurt or injured?" I'm like, "I'm neither. I don't feel good." Well, you're dressing. Not a good enough excuse. So I played the game, uh, playing forward. Uh, sitting in front of the, I think Scotty Walker was in the corner, fed me the puck, and then I scored my first ever goal on Eddie Belfour. So it was kind of a surreal, awesome moment. Still have the puck. My boys have it in their bedroom right now, hanging on their walls. So. Unreal. You mentioned Iron Mike there. Um, we talked earlier. You said there wasn't many mind games back then, but you hear lots of stories, even guests on this show, that said he was kind of the, the master of mind games. What was your relationship like with the old Iron Mike? Well, I remember when he took over from Tom Rennie, we were in Anaheim, and uh, he's introducing himself in a dressing room, going around. He comes to me, shakes my hands, like, six, seven, eh? I'm like, can you skate? I'm like, yeah, I can skate. All right, you're playing left wing for me tonight. I'm like, okay. And I think I fought uh, Sean Antosky that game, did pretty well. But uh, Mike Keenan, you know, I, I know Mike Sillinger. I played with him in Vancouver, and he was the best pigeon of all. Maybe they were even the original pigeon. And uh, I think yeah. when I don't know, they didn't like each other. And I think when he got traded for Vancouver, I think he might have ran home to tell his wife that he was leaving. So happy he was to get away from Iron Mike. So you talk about your first goal. Let's talk about your first NHL game when you you're up there, you're in the show and, and you're going to dress. Talk about the excitement and, and, and just how jacked you must have been to, to skate onto that ice for your first NHL game. Well, you get the call up, you're in Syracuse, you're in the far east coast. I think they were playing in Pittsburgh. I got called up. First game was against the Penguins. So you got the Mew, Yager, and all this pretty good team of the late 90s, right? You're super excited, super jacked. You get to the game, they know you're tired, so you don't have to dress any if you don't want to. I'm like, no, I'm going to play. Don't care how far, how far I had to fly. But I think we lost that game 7-5. I think I took four minor penalties and Yager slashing, slashing penalties. And uh, just a real moment. But then after the game, they sent me back, probably because of the minor penalties and not doing so well. But I think after that, two weeks, three weeks later, I called up and then I was up there for the next seven years. So 
Who's your first uh, Tilly against in the NHL? First Tilly, I want to say preseason. I think it was Antoski and V Show and all those guys in LA. Matt, I think I had three fights in one game in LA. First NHL game, I think, might have been Cam from Chicago. I think it was my first NHL Tilly. Do you ever like? Do you ever fight friends or or was that like? I know Kelly Chase was on our show and he said I'm pretty sure it was him. Something about you never fight your friends like those tough guys from up in his neck of the woods. But did you ever fight friends or was that a, a no go? So funny story about Kelly Chase too. They're in a '94 lockout. Him and Wendell Clark and Tim Shallow, they are all back with the blades game with us, right? So Kelly Chase, he's the one that uh, taught me how to throw lefts in practice. So he did a lot of that. And then uh, speaking of fighting in friends. I was in Vancouver, Wade Belax in Colorado. To fight one end of the ice, we're down at the other end. We're looking at each other. You want to go? Like, yeah, let's go. We're not playing that much anyway. So square off, have a pretty good tilly, get kicked out of the game, both of us. And then next time I see Kelly Chase in St. Louis, he's giving me shit. So what the fuck back? I told you, don't fight your friends. I'm like, well, you fight your friends. And you fight Twister and those guys before. Wow, you don't do that. Just for fun, you can't do that. I'm like, well, it happened. Let's talk about your uh, your your trade in in '98-'99 to Toronto. Did you expect that? Did you see that coming? How did that unfold? I didn't see it coming. Um, I was out pretty late in Chicago that night before. I remember getting a phone call from the coach to come up to his dresser or come up to his hotel room about eight in the morning. Walk in there. And uh, so, yeah, we've got a lot of toughness on the team, especially along the left side. So we made a move and moved it to Toronto for Darby Hendrickson. Like, okay. I was kind of in awe because, right, two, 10 minutes later, you're taking a cab to the airport, flying to Toronto. Bags and all, you have what you have in your suitcase, and that's it. Then you got to fly back on another day to pack up your stuff. So not knowing what to expect. And I made some pretty good friends in Vancouver with Bertuzzi and Brad May and those guys. Hung out with them quite a bit. And phoning them after I'm in Toronto from the hotel room, just trying to get some advice for them, how things go. And But Toronto was really good. You know, Pat Quinn, he drafted me in Vancouver as my GM at the time. And he was head coach there. So I'm pretty sure in my mind, I think he brought me over there for some extra toughness to help Ty, Chris King, those those fellas. So obviously players in Toronto are, are uh, you know, treated like gods, but when you're, when you're the tough guy in Toronto, that's kind of next level. So, what was what was life like living in the center of the universe as one of the least tough guys? I think my first fight in Toronto was against Christoph Olawal, who I fought in the minors a few times before. And I got the better of him. I think he forgot that I actually knew how to throw left, so I surprised him pretty good. And I remember the fans and going nuts. And I remember Ty is all impressed. He's like, good job, little fella. I'm like, thanks, big fella. But yeah, I think it was a good time. Um, but like I said, Playing in Toronto is different. I wish I was older when I played there to appreciate it more than I did at the time. So there's a lot of guys that uh, have been on our show that looking at your fight cards, you've actually uh, had some tillies within the NHL. So a couple that come to mind, Jeff. So I'm going to read off three. You got to tell me who's the toughest of these three that we had on our show. Dale Pierrenton, Jeff Rogers, Joey Tedarenko. Oh, they're all so different. Rogers <laughs> so played on the ice. I remember in Toronto, he's in Colorado. We were at a face-off. He's like, Chris, you want to fight? We fought. And he's like, thank you. After the referee got <laughs> broke us up. Uh, Diesel, I think he's still mad to me about, to this day because 
I got traded from Saskatoon to Lethbridge at the end of the year, right? So I went to Lethbridge just to go to training camp. I went pro instead of coming back as my 20-year-old year. And that's year they went to the M Cup, I believe, and they lost it. So you still blame me to this day, I think, why they lost. Because it wasn't there to help them out. And then Diesel was a different character, but I love the guy. Uh, playing in New York, playing in Philly, we had lots of scraps there, preseason, regular season, all that stuff. He might have been uh, one of the more crazier ones. But enjoy Ted Aranko for being the size he was and how well he did in all his fights. I give him all my hats off to him, what he did in his career. And we had a decent fight, too. I remember it was along the blue line in Philly, and he was in Florida at the time. But I'd probably say Diesel's probably the most crazy one. Audrey's probably the most one that's more willing to fight anybody at any given time. And Joey is a gamer anytime. Have you seen old Diesel's mugshot there from the trouble he got in? <laughs> Looks like the scariest guy in the world. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He actually texted me a picture the other day that he made me some cookies. And then he texted me a picture uh, of himself with no, nothing on except for his apron. So I didn't want any of those cookies. So yeah, Diesel's <laughs> a real beauty. Yeah, I like Diesel. He's a good, good buddy. Good friend. Yeah. So uh, talk, talking about fighting some tough guys, tell, tell us about the time you uh, you squared off with Kip Brennan and how that uh, how that tilt went. Uh, yeah, we're in uh, L.A. playing. I was with Philly, and they had a couple of tough guys. And I had myself, Rashir, and Fedork and all that. And he was running around. I think Brad Norton hit Dennis Seidenberg, knocked the glass out of the end of the rink there. And then Kip was running around. So I ended up asking him to fight. We fought. He was a rookie coming up pretty big guy at that time and i remember fighting and he had the better of me i was kind of waiting for him to get a little bit tired before i looked at him to throw my punches but he got a couple of good dingers off the top of my head dropping to the ice i remember skating to the penalty box shaking my head i was pissed off but little bell rung then um i remember playing in anaheim the night the next night i was still not feeling right told the trainers and all that you know heads Ring in, not feeling 100%. And I remember skating in the second period, behind the net with the puck, and all of a sudden it was like a poof. The lights came back on, fresh breath there. Everything got bright and focused. So I was kind of out of it probably for a good 20 hours. I don't remember much going through the motions, and all of a sudden the lights clicked, came back to. I always like asking, uh, asking fighters, like when you were, you know, afternoon nap the day of a game were you regretting that you were ever gonna have to go out there and fight or did you thrive on the fact that you were gonna have to go out there and fight i never thrived on it um always on nervous anticipation um i remember waking up trying to get myself in a bad mood because i knew i had to fight someone that night thought i was pretty good at it did well but i remember my turning point when i became not such a good fighter that's when my kind of declined as a player not as a player, but my career in the NHL declined. Do you ever look back and just, uh, you know, you look back now, I mean, in the 90s, I mean, I played in the 90s as well, and the amount of concussions you probably had, can you go back and go, yeah, you know what, I probably had one there, I probably had one there. Like, how many of those were probably unaccounted for? Shit. I think, I don't even think I have any that are documented. Yeah. To be honest, I think probably every second, third fight, you get your bell rung the most, right? I remember time in Chicago getting uppercutted and going down. I remember John Erskine taking me down a few times. But, yeah, you just play through it because there's that next guy down in the minors waiting to take your job, right? You don't want to do that. It's me being a fringe player my whole career. I don't I play through injuries as much as best you can. 
don't tell the, the coach, don't tell the trainer how you're feeling. Just go out there and battle through it. One one fight you might want to have back. You want to tell us about uh, the, the time that you got traded from Philadelphia to Colorado. Oh, the Keith Primo one. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, when Ken Hitchcock took over in Philly, I don't know what I did, but he didn't really care for me too much. Um, I remember a couple of times he'd say, he'd call me in his office. He's like, Mac, what do you do? First 10 minutes of the ice, you are fucking terrible. Do whatever the fuck you got to do. Get upstairs, ride the bike. But the first 10, 15 minutes of every practice, you are fucking terrible. After that, you're fine. So I worked on it, worked with my skating coach and all that. Got better in practice. And then it's preseason practice. Keith Cream was being a dick on the ice, going after Dan McGillis. And I was my D partner for inner squad game. So I fought him and I let him up. Doing pretty good. Let him up. He went down. I let him back up. And then one bunch, he shattered my nose to a bunch of different pieces. I went to rub my nose. It was like over here underneath my right eye. And I remember Clarky, Bobby Clark called me up in his office, you know, shouldn't be fighting your captain, but he also in the next gave me shit because I let him back up and let up on him too. So Clarky understood it. Hitchcock didn't like me, didn't play me very much. I remember Clarky coming down, I don't know, halfway through the year. He's like, do you mind going down to the Phantoms to play for a couple of games to try to get you traded? I'm like, absolutely. So I played two games with the Phantoms. I traded to Colorado. So I know we played back-to-back when I was with Philly against Detroit, and I went to Colorado with another back-to-back against Detroit, and that's when they had a pretty darn good team back then, too. So, I was going to say, like, maybe you didn't get that Stanley Cup, but it's got to be pretty cool to look back and look at that Colorado team specifically and, and the weapons you played with, Sackick, Forsberg, Tangay, Rob Blake, Adam Foote, Patrick Waz last year was your first year there. Like, you played with some absolute weapons there. Yeah, it was unbelievable. I remember coming there and, Sitting on the bench, you look over, you got Adam Foote and Rob Blake. And we're watching what Slani and Korea and Forsberg and all those guys are doing on the ice. We're like laughing, taken back. But playing with those guys, it makes you so relaxed, right? Makes the game fun. And just to see how good those guys are and just down-to-earth guys off the ice, too. I remember going back there early in the summer, and I lived in uh, Blakey's basement because he was still out in California. So I'd work out there and live in his basement. But, yeah, those guys are unbelievable. And we got upset, obviously, from Minnesota in the seventh game in overtime, but they upset a couple teams that year, too. So I was going to say, like, without looking too closely, were you ever – did you ever feel like any team you were on was was close or would that have been the closest to, you know, ever going all the way just without that upset? Like, did you ever have any any teams that uh, – We went to a conference final with the Leafs in 99. We lost to Buffalo and they lost to Dallas in the final. Right, yeah. And being in Toronto going that far, man, fuck, they gave you the keys to the city. It was awesome. Yeah. But yeah, the closest I've been was in Toronto. By far the best team I played on was Colorado with all the weapons, like you said, we had. So, Chris, I want to talk to you. Uh, you know, it's it's we've talked lots about your fighting, and and it's been you know well documented um, how some of uh, some other some other NHL tough guys have had a little bit of trouble transitioning into you know into everyday normal life. You've done really well for yourself. You know, adapted, um, come back to Saskatchewan. You and, and your girlfriend Jess uh, have a business in, in Esther Hazy. One wonder just what I'll have to stop know. you there, Baptist. It's not our business, it's her business. Oh, oh brownie points for you, big fella. Well done, yeah. sir. Her and her business par- partner, Crystal. Us husbands have no say in that we just do what we're told. 
fix what we have to. <laughs> well, you, uh, I, I've, I've seen you there and, and you, you guys are doing great and, and, uh, you know, you're, you're a great dad. So just wondering, you know, how that, how that transition was for you coming, you know, coming out of the NHL and, and, uh, why you, why, you know, why you've been able to do that so successfully. My last game in NHL was before the NHL locker, right? So playing down in the minors my last few years before I retired, just knowing that I had to do something. So that's why I went to England to play. They pay for your education over there as you play hockey, right? So I got a degree in leadership management, knowing that I'd have to work someday. And my last year was in Wichita, Kansas. Uh, that's where I met Jess. And I knew hockey was done for me that year, but uh, also I was married before that too. And I left my wife after that year, moved back to Saskatchewan. And then I grew up with a few guys, HAs, around Saskatchewan. I knew a guy named Leonard Banger, who's from Esther Hazy, had a mining company called Extreme Mining at the time. I was home maybe two weeks and I got hooked up with this job for potash mining at Corey Mine. So I did that for a year and a half with a contractor that I got hired on with Potash Corp at the time and worked at there for five years and then took a supervisor job in Esther Hazy, Saskatchewan. And now I'm crew captain. So I have three other supervisors underneath me and 40 guys underneath me I take care of too. But I think just a transition of going back to school, knowing hockey was done, knowing I'd have to do something with my career. And just, I think hockey gives you a lot of life lessons and passes along to business and all that too, how you treat people, how to get guys to work together and how to get guys to respect you and you respect them. So I think hockey had a lot to do with that transition. And lucky enough, my brain has held up that I don't have too many issues. Do have to write everything down, though. My memory is not the greatest. But as far as the dark places, I had depression or not, I've gone through that for sure. But I've talked with the right people, counselors, and Jess helped me out quite a bit with that, too. And I'm just the fortunate ones that made it through. So it looks like after that uh, last year of, of playing in Wichita, when you do come back to Saskatchewan, you jump right into senior hockey and we're a big senior hockey podcast. So we talk about all the different transitions, talk about the transition to playing senior and how you got recruited and was there sticks and gas involved in that? <laughs> well, I remember coming home from shift work, coming to Ross. We just bought a house in Rostron, which is halfway between PA and Saskatoon. Both of my parents and Jess's parents were painting our house because she's a shift worker, 911 worker at PA at the time. And there's RCMP cops in my house. I'm like, what the hell is happening here? So I walk in and the RCMP cop was there visiting the head coach of the senior hockey team was actually a plumber. So he's doing some stuff for me. I go down to the basement and they introduce themselves to me. They're like, you ever think about playing senior hockey? You know, we'd love to have you. And I never thought about it. I'm like, sure, I'll play. Uh, there was maybe some sticks and maybe a little bit of gas. Babs took care of me, you know. That's where I met Babs and it was all good. But you know what? I feel bad for those guys I played against because I was going through a divorce then. Playing hockey was a great outlet for me. And I heard a few people that year. Babs can contest to that. But we also won championship that year, too. So it was a good time. Was there guys that came after you? Like, do you remember? Because you were the, uh, you know, the hot shot coming in from the pros. Do you have, have guys that wanted to go you and, and get their piece? I think uh, every time we played Bruno, they had these fucking guys annoying little guys skate around so i made sure i had fun with those guys parker his younger brother i think our older brother i'm not sure who it was played for bruno i know Derek played one game for them as well 
they played against me. I can't remember if it was my first or second or third year with Rostern, but I remember lining up against him. He didn't say nothing. And then I remember him coming through center ice for a puck and I laid him out pretty good, but we never did that fighting. I've never met him personally. I'm sure he's a great guy, but I just remember that one time on the ice when he was playing for Bruno with his brother. I laid him out in center ice, but he might have things differently. I don't know. That's just how I remember it anyway. Are you still playing some senior? I started playing this past winter. I've got two games in with Esterhazy Flyers, and that's when the pandemic shut us down. But uh, my first year out in Esterhazy, I uh, traveled to Theodore, which is just on the west side of Yorkton there. So I'd go an hour and a half for practices a week, and that's where I'd go for home games, right? And my buddy, Josh Garbett, was running the team, him and his dad, Norm, and a few other guys. And we had a great team, you know, a bunch of farmers, school teachers, Miners, ex-players, uh, Brett Pepler, Pepler was on our team that year too. He's on the and, show tonight. Uh, He's on the show tonight, actually, just after right. you were having him on. So Awesome. Yeah. He's a good dude, man. But, yeah, we had a good team. Uh, we lost in the final to Rokenville, Jeff Hodges' team. And then we won Provincial to beat Drake in grade three that year. So it was a, a fun year for hockey. It was a great time. You got any plans to continue on this year uh, playing a little senior out there? Fuck no. We <laughs> got these young kids that run around like that. Man. Like I got my we play team against Bredenbury Cougars. And they have this lippy guy from last year. I remember I, I punched him out a couple of times. And then this past season I punched him out again. That was my last shift. Punched him out, looked over him. He didn't get up. None of his teammates did nothing either. And I skated off. Then they called the season, and that's the end of my season our senior hockey career right there. Makes me happy. I'm gonna try old timers this year. We'll see how that goes. You're not allowed to punch guys out in old time. Well, maybe you are. I don't know. That's who we play. I know I've had a lot of uh, run-ins with old chap when we played senior hockey against them. So I don't know if they carry grudges on the senior hockey or not. We'll find out. Or to old timers hockey. Well, Chris, thanks a lot. You know how we kind of end these things are a, uh, we, we kind of do a rapid fire. We're just going to fire some quick questions at you. Give you a, you know, give us a one word uh, answer, a one sentence answer, uh, Five paragraph answer doesn't matter, but uh, I'm going to get things started like I always do with my staple question. In the show, what was your favorite road city or road barn to play in? Chicago. Best atmosphere, good nightlife, good music, and extracurricular activities at the time are always fun. Who's one guy you would never fight again for a million dollars? I never had a chance to fight him in the show. I fought him in the minors. Hardest punch I've ever had. I had him. I fought him in preseason game with Edmonton and Vancouver rookie game. Rookie game would be George Rock. Every time he hit me, I blacked out. And I think I was smart enough never have to fight him in any jokes. I wouldn't. Uh, you. What's the guiltiest you ever played? And this can be expanded a little bit. But is there one memory of playing really guilty that stands out? Well, Granheim loved going to Irish pubs, so we'd always go out late to Boston, and I always. Fought once or twice each game, so I did my job. I always had all our uh, Nas are off to fight with those games, so we always fight once or twice in those games. So it was always good. I did my job, got off the ice. <laughs> no one knew the no one knew except for me and Paul. <laughs> What's one Patrick Waugh memory that sticks out in your mind from your season with him? Walked in the dressing room for the first time. He had his goalie gear out, and I stepped over it, and he fucking oh, I thought he was going to shoot me. <laughs> Slash me with a stick, which he's known to do once in a while. That's probably the best one. Now you played with a bunch of weapons, like we talked about. 
Who's the best player you ever played with? There's endless people, but a lot of people don't know Milan Hayduk too, you know. Even talked with Patrick Wall on that. He probably had the best shot placed at anywhere. So a guy like that, sleepers that are really good players, but they're overshadowed by the Forsberg Sackics. But I think the best work I've ever seen for an all-star is probably Joe Sackick. The amount he would work before and after practice and that snapshot of his. Just to see someone making nine million bucks a year at the time and just the work ethic he put in and how awesome of guy he is off the ice. Just like a normal joke. What's your favorite minor hockey league rink? I'd have to go with the War Memorial in Syracuse for sure. Best fans ever. They love their fights. As they know, I've watched Morasti. I've never met Morasti. Watched a lot of his fights. And, you know, I think he's a god in that city right now, too. I know John Baduca played with him in Syracuse. He was a god back in my day when I played there. So a lot of good memories in there. You mentioned your memory. You said your memory, you got to write stuff down. But it seems like, do you remember, like if we if we went through every one of your fights, would you remember every one? Absolutely, yeah. Wow. Remember how, how I did, how I didn't do. Like whatever time I fought Kip, right? I fought him in the minors lots. He's always had my number. Some people have that and some people don't, right? It's just weird that way. I had Nazaroff's number quite a bit of times. We fought lots. Um, Jim McKenzie, him and I always had some decent scraps too. What's uh, last, last one for me here, Matt? What's uh, one piece of coaching advice or, or life advice that you've got that, that you've always remembered? Uh, treat people with respect. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Um, that's probably the best one there. Last one for me. What's your What's your favorite thing about senior hockey? The cold beers after, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the cold, great Western Pilsners. I love it. That's right. Absolutely. Well, thanks a lot, Chris. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on to the Monday Nooner. You're a Sasky gentleman and an absolute weapon. And, uh, yeah, I really appreciate it, man. Uh, all, all the best in uh, old-timers hockey this year. Uh, cheers, man. Thanks. I'll probably be playing senior before you know it again. Yeah. yeah. We'll yeah, start the rumors yeah, now. Anyway. Yeah, we'll right. get things yeah. started. Exactly. Take care, man. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, man. Thanks, Have a good night. Yeah, big shout out to Christmas Calendar for coming on this show. Friend of Babs. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Loved hearing some of his senior hockey stuff, too. I think it's cool when you get guys 300 games in the show, like Jeff Odgers, one of our previous guests. That guy, I think, loves senior more than he loved playing in the NHL. So, yeah, just another Sasky weapon, uh, Babs, and appreciate you helping us get him lined up. He was great. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, quick story on that guy. We uh, we won the, the first championship for Rostern in, in senior in a long, long time. We're sitting in the dressing room. I'm sitting next to him and I'm thinking to myself, you know, this guy's played in the NHL, been, you know, been top of the hockey world. And and uh, like, is this even a big deal to him? And, and I just looked over to him and I, and I said, so how, how does this feel after being in the NHL? And he just looked at me and he said, Champions, a championships, a championship, bud. You, you just you love them all, and and took a big swig out of the out of the cup there, and and I thought, you know what, that's an absolute beauty. That's awesome. It's like Tom Brady says, what does he say? The best ring is the next one. Yeah, and of course, uh, that interview brought to you by our friends, Malcolm Vanstone, twenty twenty Geomatics, and uh, you know what, guys, I got to go back on something that uh, showed up in our DMs. I just about forgot about this earlier in the show until you said Malcolm Vanstone. This is going to go a little bit off track here because it should have been in, should have been in our world's longest shout outs before the interview. Malcolm with 2020, he wrote in two paragraphs Whoa. Not, to the Monday wow. Nooner DMs. And uh, 
Somebody's going to be blushing by the end of this, but he says, not sure if I can route in a shout out or not, or if one of you need one for the next show, but I'd like to give a shout out to old Babs himself. I mean, besides being an awesome co-host and really playing tummy sticks with me there, I'm sure you'll speak about that anyhow, but I wanted to acknowledge what a great dude he is. He was in town for the Ryder game, didn't have time to make it over to my daughter's lemonade stand, so he e-transferred me $10 to throw in the cash box as a donation. What a guy, total sasky gentleman, and a true weapon, Babs. Fuck, he is just pumping your tires on the show. Like, I wonder, Babs, what if he, like, holds us hostage if he's like, listen, Babs or no 2020? Like, what if that comes down to, like, some ransom? You never know. So, I mean, I had a conversation with my agent, Alan Walsh, and uh, he said that that <laughs> might be exactly like that. And you know, after, you, after you read that, when uh, when there's a picture of me with a sword through my back in the leader post uh, after after I don't make the team, um, I mean, hey, the ball's in your court, fellas. But uh, thanks, thanks for that, Mr. Vanstone. Greatly appreciated, and, and uh, glad your uh, your daughters had a successful lemonade sale. Yeah, enough tummy sticks here, I guess. But uh, yeah, 2020 geomatics when it comes to separating land and everything they do. When when you have questions, call 2020 Malcolm and uh, set aside half an hour because the guy likes to talk, and uh, <laughs> he's just a great guy. Local Saskatchewan company, and that's what we're all about. So, interview wrap up. Was this fire up the next one? You know, we're going to give this one to tonight. Sport clips. That's who you go down there for the MVP treatment. Babs, you'll be quick. Maybe a little wax on there. Rip that, whatever you got off there, but they'll heat up your face, your head, a little massage on there. Make you feel good. Make you feel even more special than Malcolm Vanstone just did. Need your anything trimmed. Go down there, see sport clips. They support the show. They support Sask. Lots of stuff in Saskatchewan that they support. So go support them, get a great haircut. And like I said, that MVP treatment. Going to give this interview to him. Absolute weapon from the Ryan Rockets. Pretty sure he knows who Mrs. K is. Mr. Brett Pepler. All right, guys, let's welcome Brett Pepler to the show from the Ryan Rockets. Brett, thanks for hopping on the uh, on the old pod. Hey, my pleasure, fellas. My pleasure. So here you're kind of a weapon with the old uh, the old uh, mitten glove and the old stick and puck. Well, you know, uh, I've took a lot of time off and a lot of, a lot of unemployment where I uh, perfected my craft of playing some uh, high level recreational fast pitch along with some uh, minor pro hockey, but mostly some uh, senior for a lot of sticks and gas. But we can't tell anyone that. So you guys, this, uh, this, you know, past couple of weeks, you guys have been pretty busy with the old, uh, bat and glove there. And, uh, you guys won, uh, you won a little bit and you lost a little bit. You want to talk about both those, I guess the highs and lows that comes with, uh, with championships. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we just finished off our league last week. Uh, we were in the playoffs there. Uh, it was one game or it was a two game series, I guess, but if it goes to game three, it's only one inning. So, uh, we got lucky. We got by the first round. We beat uh, the Rosebud Royals. And then uh, we beat the powerhouse Winyard Blues. Uh, I think there's a little bit of a shocker to them, but to us as well. And then, uh, yeah, we played Pearl Creek Posse, they're called, out of Newdorf. And uh, first game, we uh, drove out to Ryan Monday night. Hasn't rained in fucking how long? Probably six months. And then all of a yeah. sudden, it's pouring. So then uh, we played just under five innings and then it got canceled because it rained out. So then we went 
to Newdorf in front of a raucous crowd. They had the beer gardens going. They smelled like they were had the Traeger going or they had some barbecue and some shit or whatever. And uh, we ended up winning in the last inning. We had a home run to make it 7-6 in the top of the seventh. And my old man, who's the real weapon of the team, uh, shut him down. We ended up winning it. And then we went to Saskatoon this past weekend, played Provincials. It was plus 65 out, played fucking 25 games, and then ended up playing the Earl Grey Rockets in the final, and uh, they ended up beating us. But, uh, you know, it was a, a good run here the last two weeks and for sure a lot of fun with the boys. A lot of great Western light and Pilsner was drank, so I uh, can't complain. So you mentioned uh, the real weapon there. Tell us a little bit about your dad, Rambo. We hear, uh, we hear he's something else. Yeah, he's a, he's an authentic, real weapon. He got the name Rambo because he acts like Rambo. He's uh, pretty strict. He's pretty strict with me and all the boys. Like, we're going on, like, I'm 36 now, and he still treats me like I'm probably uh, 12 to 14 years old. And uh, he's pretty serious about his ball, but he grew up in the days where, you know, the fastball circuit was pretty legit, and there was tournaments every weekend, every day, you know, they played in probably a 40 game league. And that's kind of how I grew up in the summers following him around and then got into playing early, but uh, yeah, he's our thrower. And uh, he actually turned 60 on this past Saturday at provincials and got a good, uh, they gave him a little, whatever, gave him a little shout out at the game there in Saskatoon. But yeah, he has a robot rubber arm and he just throws in the, the heat and throws gas still somehow and he ha has good movement on his ball and like the first game we played Earl Grey through I think uh we beat him 4-1 he had probably eight to nine k's and they wouldn't sniff him but yeah I don't know I don't know what kind of jeans he has I sure hope I can have those jeans when I'm 60 if I can still be doing that I'll be pretty happy so so did uh Mrs. K jump out of a cake for the 60th birthday there or anything special well, like that? I'm not too sure. Where is Mrs. K? This is all, is this an actual Mrs. K or is it just the, the urban legend? But uh, no, I, I didn't see her, but a little shout out to that story. Uh, you know, I, it was good for, for the wedding anniversary shout out, but you know, you can't have uh, Mrs. K on a sea with her jars out and think that no one's going to, you know, get a little uh, goofy <laughs> mentally and throw out some kind of jab at the guy, but you know, good for him. I'm hopefully he got some good tokens for that shout out and she let him, go out maybe go on a boys trip or something so hopefully it all worked out i haven't seen miss k but if i do i'll let you know <laughs> what are the sticks and gas like uh in fastball is it is it just all like bot committed and uh you got to be fully committed with no sticks and gas yeah usually no sticks and gas man in fastball you're uh you're throwing your own buck out and we had a couple rich farmers on our team. So once in a while, they like to throw out the black credit card there and uh, put it on the boys. Actually, uh, the circuit this summer, we were in Kelvington and it was the uh, first one since COVID and it was the Kelvington rodeo and fair. So there's a bunch of shit going on. There's probably, fuck, I don't even know, 5,000 people out there. The rich farmer on our team won the 50-50 and it was about three grand. So uh, we just uh, shit bagged him for about, three weeks and uh just spent that but usually it's your own dough but we're okay with that so i want to talk about let's get into a little bit of senior hockey uh you know you i heard you're kind of a weapon in the senior hockey uh ranks played a little bit in shellbrook and a little bit uh rosetown triple a let's talk about that yeah. like how uh how do you like how do you like the senior hockey leagues like the hockey's good hey like it's it's some good yeah. hockey yeah it is good hockey man and like uh yeah i've been playing it for probably 
six to 10 years already. And yeah, like it's fun. It's just like the ball circuit, you know, you get out and you go to these small towns and you're wondering like, what is these, what do these rinks look like? And you see some really nice hidden gem rinks and you see some rinks that are the size of a curling rink. And you're like, how the fuck am I going to play in this shithole tonight? But we won't name any names, but you know, it's good just to get out with the boys and uh, get out with the boys and play some good hockey. I, there's a lot of skill out there. There's kids, you know, like back in the day, like when we played junior, you try to go as far as you can. And But there's guys coming out of the dub, coming out of junior A, coming out of college, they're flying around out there. So yeah, it's, it's good. It's good hockey. Uh, there's obviously still a few donkeys that run around guys from the hardware store like, hey, I need to make a name for myself. I'm coming after this guy. And still got to watch out for those guys but other than that man it's all good it's a good time and just good to be with the boys so 2012 you guys win a provincial championship i believe in shellbrook i heard you might have missed a bus stop <laughs> well that was uh yeah that was we were playing i think bean fade and uh s-band just opened up their new barn it was beautiful so we come into the final game i think it was on a sunday and uh that barn was sold out 2,500 people. They even had introductions, light show. We went in there and our team was stacked though. Like we had guys like Kelly guard was our goalie, some American league, a little bit of NHL, cup of coffee, Chris Thompson, Huey Hamilton, Luke Fritshaw. Like I go on with a list and we were pretty stacked, but we ended up winning that. And yeah, actually the couple of days before we kind of got into one a little bit. So a tad bit hung over still. So as we won, you know, uh, we ate some pizza and then all of a sudden we had a little bit of the stomach was going there, felt a little funky, but I fought that off and then had a few beers and I was supposed to get out in Saskatoon on the bus and uh, woke up with no tarp on, on the bus still. And we were in PA there. So uh, that was a little bit of a little bit of a mess up by myself, but you know, we won the ship. So we had to take in all the fun we could and uh, that's what happened. So I want to take you back to the, the uh, series before, because, I happen to be part of the uh, part of the team that you guys played to get to that uh, that ship run there in Rostron. And okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was, yeah, tough look for me. Eight (laughs) eight games that these two teams played eight games in fourteen nights in the A semifinal and the league semifinal. Both games went or both series went to the deciding game in overtime, and fucking Shelbrook won them both. Yeah. Yeah, I, funny story about that game. The Briar was on in Saskatoon that weekend. So all my buddies, I was in living in Saskatoon, obviously. All my buddies were up for the Briar. So we went out to the Briar patch and then probably an after party to about 4 or 5 a.m. And then that game, I, if I believe correctly, was a afternoon game at 1 or 2. So I came there and my other buddy who was with me, he was on the team with Shelbrook too. And uh, we went there and the boys were kind of mean mugging us and throwing out chirps saying, yeah, playing guilty, better be playing good guilty today. And uh, yeah, that game was uh, just kind of a, a game. There was no goals scored. And then I remember one of your uh, heavyweight tough guys there, I know his name, but I won't mention names. He fired one, fired a tennis ball from the red line and got by our tendy there. And we're like, we're not going to lose this one, nothing on that shit. And then I remember with about a minute left, I think he tied her up and then, Shortly after an overtime, uh, I was wide open, man. I don't know. Same on the same on the goal to tie it. I just ripped one from the point there, and then in overtime, same thing. Got a good pass and scored to beat you guys. But that was yeah, those were good series. You guys had a good squad there for sure. This is something Pep said probably most guys can't say. 
but there's a lot of guys that played junior a semi-pro cis sas senior then went back to play <laughs> semi-pro and then returned to play sas senior yeah you know what like i need either a a movie or b a book here because just I played in Swan, and then uh, after I went to Swan, I went and I signed a uh, – it was in the UHL, so kind of like a mix of, say, the AHL and the ECHL, but unaffiliated with NHL teams. So basically some wild dudes, some uh, a lot of degenerates there, but really good hockey players. So I ended up coming – like, obviously, I'm from Ryan, Saskatchewan, small town. I ended up playing that year in uh, Orlando, Florida, living in Disney World, so – the hockey was great. The, everything was great. But after that year, I was like, well, I need a time out here, man. I almost died a few times, you know? So I thought I'd go back, came back and went to school and then, yeah, played some senior with those boys and then went back again. And actually the second time I went back, uh, I played in the, in uh, Louisiana, just outside of new Orleans. Uh, one of your previous guests, Kevin Kaminsky was our coach and it was unbelievable. It was uh the best group of guys I probably ever played hockey with. It was 12 SAS guys out of 18 guys on our team. Plus killer was their coach. And like to experience that with uh, those boys and like stuff like Mardi Gras and all that kind of stuff, it uh, shaved a lot of years off our lives, but they uh, YOLO, I guess. So you, uh, that wasn't that, that provincial a title in, in Shelbrook wasn't your only provincial championship. You won a provincial C with uh, Theodore, what uh, what do you remember from that run? <laughs> well, uh, really good regular season with the Buffs there. Those guys are all a good group of guys. We all grew up together. A lot of those guys played with the Terriers in Yorkton here. So we were all a close group. We had a really good regular season and then uh, went into the first game and uh, I got hit very dirtily, or whatever the word would be, very dirty from behind. And I was out the whole uh, – yeah, the whole run, I guess, and came back in the final game, and we ended up winning that. I think it was three one against Drake. But uh, for that run, you know, I wasn't involved. But the boys, uh, the boys pulled her together, and they had uh, they had a good squad. They beat a lot of good teams there, and to beat Drake that year, like the first game, we got uh, pumped, and then the second game, they went into Drake, beat them, got it back to Theodore, and we were uh, lucky to win that one but yeah I wasn't as involved as the Shelbrook one but that was still a big title for Theodore and, and the team and for the town of Theodore so it was all good well the uh, the Shelbrook one anytime you got Topper and Huey with their uh with some brewskis out their tarps will be off and the boys will be giving her oh. but uh I uh I heard uh, I heard Dickie Onslow is just gonna be giving her on the sticks and gas this year I heard he's in the combine trying to get some signings and the buffs are gonna be a wagon again this year that's the rumor well, that's, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Dick's a beauty. Uh, he's done so much, uh, countless hours of work for that squad and getting garbs all fired up. Garbs is like, yeah, I'm retiring. I'm retiring. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> boom, it's, it's August. You get in the message there. Yeah, let's go. Let's fire it up. So hard to say, see what happens. Uh, yeah, should be, you know, hopefully for every, for all of hockey that the full season is a goal this year. And I guess see what happens. Should be some good squads around, uh, should be interesting. Yeah, so one other thing, I uh, got a little note here today, said uh, said that not only uh, not only are you good with the uh, the fast pitch, you're also a little bit of a secret slow pitch weapon. Yeah. <laughs> slow pitch guy. Yeah, so, I don't know. I, yeah. I, uh, I haven't, I played one game, two games of slow pitch this year, but like I haven't played in probably 10 years and like, you know, like I, I like playing ball. I love when the weather's hot, you know, you get some, 
get some good looking girls on your team and you go out there and you have some fun, but like to play slow pitch, you got to be at least 12 to 16, uh, great Westerns deep or, you know, uh, just so it slows down, you know, you get those guys who are all juiced up and they're ripping liners at the girls who are playing second and third or first, even like, it's all right. It's good, but uh, I'll, I'll take the fastball over slow pitch any day. And, uh, in hey, in concerns to the senior boys, you should get uh, Mills. You should do like back in the day. Remember when they had that guy? I forget what his name was, but they used to have in the NHL and he'd go play a shift in preseason. Just check out the squads. I forget. He went to like, if you guys would remember that, that was years ago. But get Millsy out there with Josh Miller with his uh, yeah. old Danny Heatley visor and get him, you know, go get him out to Wadena and check out the wagons. Then the next stop, he'll go to Theodore and just get him live in the action. I know he's in good shape. He's been eating craft dinner and chicken fingers all summer. So yeah. maybe get, think- get him to do an on-site one. Figure we get him an XL7 just so we can pick him out of the crowd. <laughs> we know where he's at. <laughs> And yeah. Uh, yeah, get get Millsy on his microns and away he goes. <laughs> hey, uh, Brett, thanks a lot for hopping on. You know, the Ryan Rockets, we were trying to get Mrs. K on to ask some questions. I know yeah. she's missing you guys out there and uh, big congrats coming from her as well. So uh, congrats Beautiful. boys. And uh, we look forward to uh, the senior season and getting you guys into the top 10 rankings. Beautiful. Thanks a lot, boys. Appreciate it. He's just a Sasky weapon through and through. Hockey, fastball, just uh, you can tell he's a beauty, by the way. He can tell stories and uh, make us laugh. So, you know, I don't know, uh, Babs, I think he could maybe be in the running for a guest co-host spot. You better watch your back there. You know what? I would actually welcome that. I think that would be a pretty, uh, pretty solid addition to the uh, to the pod just to uh, just to see where uh, where he goes with uh you know, just the, just the, the jar chat. I think that would be, uh, that would be worthwhile. <laughs> the jars. Great interview and uh, appreciate Brett coming on and uh, yeah, look forward to chatting maybe with him some point down the road. I'm sure he's got a lot more hockey stories uh, and his old man too, right? Can you imagine 60 years old throwing gas? Like, yes, I played, I played slow pitch last night. You guys div four or five first game back my back is so sore today i could hardly walk <laughs> like i am <laughs> such a joke anyway yeah can't imagine 60 years old still grinding out there i was out of breath climbing combine stairs so uh, i don't know how you do that at 60 yeah and of course with peps there we talked a lot of senior hockey and of course each week on the show we do a little segment called the senior hockey soiree it's for freeze tom and lumber Regina and Fort Capel, locally owned and operated more than just a lumber yard. And what I really like about these guys is they are involved in our local community. They give back to sports teams and uh, different different things around Regina and Southern Saskatchewan. You don't see your big box retailers doing that. So no one you spend money with them. It's it's uh, staying here at home. So Freeze Tom and Lumber Senior Hockey Soiree. With this uh, this week, we're actually going to talk a little bit of uh, fastball. Because yeah. we mentioned with Peps, the Rhine Rockets won the uh, Pioneer League there, but yeah. they lost the provincial final to a team that we haven't given much love to, the Earl no. Grey Rockets. Yeah. So for Double our friends, Rockets. yeah, the absolute Rockets. Uh, so this week, we're going to chat with their center fielder and leadoff hitter, provincial champion for our friends at Freeze Tallman. Here's Evan Moore. All right, boys, from the Earl Grey Rockets, the provincial champs. Evan Moore, Evan, congratulations on the uh, on the big jug. Uh, thanks. Uh, it was a pretty big win. I mean, we've played Ryan a couple of times, and they had her number before, so it felt good to 
finally beat him. Yeah, we're kind of a, a podcast. We've talked a lot about Ryan, and we feel like we've kind of pumped their tires. So we thought, thought it was fitting to uh, to get you guys on, I guess, to say your piece, being that you are the uh, championship Rockets uh, team out there. So tell us about it. You did play. You played Ryan in the final, and how did that all go down? Ah, uh, yeah, that was good. We uh, well, we beat them five nothing. We played them in the round robin too. They came out on top in that one, our second game of the first day. So. We kind of owed him one in the final, but Rambo pitched both games. He pitched really well for him. Beat us the first game, really, I don't know, pitched a gem in that one. I heard he pitched good all weekend, and then in the final game, we kind of got a couple off him early, and then we had uh, Jeremy Kinney going, and it was kind of, he just shut him down, and just the way it went, I guess. But. So tell us about Jeremy. That's uh, he's the He was pitching, and he's the guy that's running the uh, new Synergy AG location, I think, so little plug for those guys <laughs> yeah no yeah it was nice uh kind of the baseball softball gods i guess with the way at covid a little later provincial so they couldn't commit so we kind of picked him up and we got lucky and he's a really uh great guy and a great pitcher and yeah he's just like it was a great pickup to have and i mean he threw the last day for us through the first and the final game and it was yeah it really paid off so you're the leadoff hitter, they say. Hey, so are like, are you just expected? They just want you to get on base, or do you just go deep? <laughs> oh, whatever, whatever's kind of there. There is no, it's kind of get on. Or if you hit a home run, I guess that's even better. But I mean, in softball, it's either way. You need every run counts, so it's best to be on. But I mean, if you can hit a shot, that's all what you want. See, but. different strategy than my div five slow pitch because you're only allowed three <laughs> home runs, so you don't want to hit solo shots. Good, yeah. <laughs> kind of the opposite of what you want there yeah no it's uh all provincials it was kind of a battle for us so it was nice to just score them any way you can and yeah we had a couple uh big shots and that, that last game was just uh it was tight it was a good battle and it was good to see because yeah, a couple small towns and no real big cities there so it was good so i'm gonna ask this question because babs isn't gonna ask it so how much do you guys guzzle after a provincial title like that, like how many, how many cases of G dub got demolished? <laughs> oh, well, like, let's see. We finished, uh, well, we closed down the beer garden before stayed there for a couple hours after the tournament was done. And then we all went back to Earl Gray. Well, most of us and another couple 24s back in the, just in our local clubhouse. And <laughs> that was it. I don't know. It was, uh, it was the late one still recovering, but it was worth it. First of, my provincial titles for fastball. So we made it well worth it, I guess. So is there a, a parade plan that we can let people know about through downtown Earl Grey? <laughs> oh, I, nothing planned. There's talks of it already. Could be a couple floats. We used to have a big town parade black back on July 1 all the time. So, I mean, maybe it'll be something in the works, but. Could Sorry. chuck you guys on a, get you guys a baler, get it all decorated and tractor there and haul it <laughs> through town. Get everybody on top there, rock and roll. Oh, yeah, no, there'll be something, yeah. Anything goes in a small town like that. Uh, everyone's always down for a good time. And hopefully next year we can maybe uh, host Provincials again and repeat it there. But, yeah, our old gray is always up for something, so. Well, I mentioned we talked a lot about the Ryan Rockets, but recommend people check out the uh, Earl Grey Rockets. New to Twitter, actually. They got a pretty new account. It's only thrown out one tweet, and it was actually the championship pitcher. So, at Earl Rockets. And, uh, Evan, we appreciate you coming on. We know you're probably overwhelmed with media interviews uh, this <laughs> week. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, lots going on around town. So, yeah, I appreciate you having us. And, uh, yeah, it was good. 
Congratulations. Congratulations again. Thanks. You guys uh, have a good night. Evan, what a beauty. I love the leadoff hitting. I was like, you know what? I agree with you, Boz. I'm used to the three home run rule. Like, you know, you got to get on, load the bases, and try to hit a dinger. But uh, I can imagine when Rambo's chucking heaters at you, you just want to try to slice one out into the outfield. I am so bad at ball. And then when guys hit accidental home runs, it just pisses me off. Because I don't know if I've ever hit one. And then guys are like, oh, fuck, I hit a home run. Like that, because it's an out, right? But I'd just yeah. be so happy to do it. But I'm a pigeon. <laughs> hey, how about uh, our tirade segment? It's also been known as the hunting, fishing, gambling, collectible, pigeon degenerate uh, corner. It's kind of the Swiss Army knife of segments uh, here on the show. And it's now brought to you by our friends at High Tech Profiles. Want to give them some love for sticking on the pod. They wanted to move over to this segment of the show. Locally owned and operated Saskatchewan-based company established in 1995, so more than 25 years serving the people of Saskatchewan in Regina. Uh, They've recently opened up a location, a second location in Saskatoon. So when it comes time to metal fabrication, they do a lot of great work. Make sure you check out High Tech Profiles, hightechprofiles.com. You passing it over to me? Give her. I'm I'm chucking it segment. right over. I'm chucking it right over to Babs. Babs coming in. He's coming in hot, trying to trying to impress the boys. Said he's got something. So hey, let's let the kid take her over. Yeah. So thank you very much for passing me and putting me in the hot seat here. I, I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the situation that's been going on in Dalmany. Um, I think everybody's seen it in, in social media and and. You know, a person can't really talk specifically about that situation because when you look at statements and information put out by both parties, they are so completely different. It's pretty clear that someone is misremembering how that all went down. Um, So, you know, a person can't really talk about what actually happened because I don't know if anybody really knows exactly what happened. But I think what my tirade is, is that we need to remember that... uh, you know, this is about kids playing hockey and it's about small communities and it's about just sticking together. And when stuff happens, figure shit out. Don't take it to the media. Don't turn it into a, a, a national spectacle. Sit down. Everybody has good intentions. Everybody wants to do things for the right reason. So just figure it out without blowing it up. Yeah, Babs, good point. You feel really bad for the young girl, right? Like she just wants to play hockey with her buddies and, you know, and as soon as you get adults involved in any type of this shit, things just go absolutely sideways. And like you said, I read a little bit about that and I read, you know, both the statement stuff and what a freaking shit show that seems like. Yeah, absolutely. No, nothing, nothing good will come out of that. And, and you know that that will cause people who've been friends for years to no longer be friends. And, and it, it just divides a community and, um, you know, small town communities, everybody needs each other. And, and there's just, you know, just, just figure it out. That's, that's the, that's the bottom line of this segment. Yeah. Great, great one, job. Babs. We yeah. like it. This kid is firing on all cylinders He's tonight on fire. All V eights are going tonight. We might not have to do any more interviews. I know we're going to do more interviews. Sorry, Babs. We got more interviews lined up, but uh, you're putting on quite a show. You're leaving a nice, nice impression here on Twirl 68. So uh, just a couple more things to get to and, and another nice long show here this week. And I did have some love. He's drinking one of those Prairie Whites there, Babs, from uh, GW 016. Yeah, I'm drinking one of the seltzers. Cran sel- Why wouldn't a Cran seltzer here? 
from our friends at uh, Great Western myself. So I got some Last Mountain vodka going tonight. Mixed in with a little bit of iced tea, a little vodka iced tea tonight. Long Island, a little bit of a little bit of lemonade in there. Yeah, you can't can't beat the Last Mountain vodka. Yeah, tonight drinking the Prairie Whites uh, after the Ryder game there on Saturday went down to the uh, hotel lounge and you know through COVID didn't get too many lounges and and honestly forgot how delicious 016 is right out of the tap. Oh yeah, filled up a couple big pints of that and that was that was the cap to the whole evening. And you know what? I talked to our buddy Chris Hubbard with uh, Great Western, who's the rep for. Regina, but he also covers Southeast Saskatchewan. So him and I are going to hook up somewhere for lunch along the way. But uh, he said this COVID, he said, you go back to the branch center or Sastel center in Saskatoon, the lines are going to be cleaned out. <laughs> I don't know how often they clean them out, but uh, yeah, those usually get a guy, get a guy buzzing pretty good at a hockey game. When you get into those boys will be guzzling, getting all buckled at the games. That is for sure. Hey, you know what though, guys? And that kind of takes me into our take a seat son this week. Oh yeah. For mine anyway. And I'm sure you guys have uh, what you want to say, but take a seat son brought to you of course by the rusty shovel. Regina's local landscape shop for DIYers and contractors. They do this thing there with Sean Stefan and his team where you can just, how does it work? You send them a picture belts, kind of your vision in your backyard or whatever. Yeah. Your vision, couple measurements, and he'll give you a quote. Don't, don't hold them to it, to the, to the dime, but it'll be damn close. And uh, yeah, I know big fan favorite on the show, obviously Barry following in, uh, in kayak guys footsteps, taking it up. So uh, yeah, I know we love Sean Stefan and everybody down at rusty shovel. They take good care of you. And uh, yeah, we got to support these guys. I just wanted to say something I even thought of before, like even Brad Hamner helping me out and stuff like, I know people probably think, oh, you guys are getting all these deals from like Synergy AG or this, that, and the other thing, but we're not, man. We're, we're supporting these companies. We go down there, we're paying whatever you're paying for it, but these are local companies. We know our money. We got to buy it anyway, right? We got to get stuff anyway. We may as well support the local guys instead of the box stores and have that money go back in the community. So same as Stefan, you know, I got to do a big landscaping project next year and, you know, we buy it from them because they're, they're good companies. They're locally owned and operated and uh, yeah, so support these guys. You're getting it anyway. Go see these guys. Interesting transition, Shane, into my take a seat son this week. Sorry. No, no, it's all good. Uh, so my take a seat son, I'll go first. And I don't want to get into too many specifics or go down too much of a rabbit hole. But but the point of my take a seat son, I've been following the Regina Pats quite closely for a number of years. Instant host of your Regina Pats for five seasons, I think I was there. I had some great times at the Brand Center, and it's awesome to see that barn full now they've got this phenom, Connor Bedard, who in all likelihood should fill up the rink and sell tickets and all that. But just hearing from a lot of people that the price of tickets has gone up astronomically, sponsorships and stuff, I just don't love the optics of it. And you know what? Yeah, You can charge people whatever you want, but my take a seat on this is that I'm hearing from people that they had locked, when COVID hit, yeah. the Pat said you can carry forward your tickets this is going to be the price. It actually even said in there, I think the price is going to stay the same. Yep. And now it's like the price is different. And this Almost is the double. people to, in good faith, carried forward and just said, keep my money until next year. And I don't know. It's just, I think it's going to piss a lot of people off, quite frankly. Well, and it does suck. It sucks for the kids too, right? Like, you know, you're, 
you got this this guy and and they're they're uh, you know using him as a pawn to make all this money which i mean i understand from a business point of view but some some kids aren't even going to be able to afford to go kids parents aren't going to be able to afford to even let their you know, buy tickets for their kids to go watch this guy play. And he's right here in Regina. And that makes it really unfortunate that you're exploiting, you know, a 16 year old kid to, to that extent. And it's, it's a little disappointing, right? Cause it's a lot, like we say, everything's local and we should be taking care of our own around here and doing that. It just seems a little bit pigeony. One thing I will say though, is, I mean, the Pats didn't play in front of, like they haven't been able to sell tickets or make money for a long time. Right. Cause of COVID and the bubble, they lost a lot of money. So I guess the argument could be made like a lot of other businesses, restaurants and stuff. A lot of them have up prices since they've reopened to try and recoup what they've lost. Right. So, yeah, I'm not saying I agree with it in any stretch of the imagination, but it's not as if the Pats or any WHL team is a license to print money because they're not. No, like they're not turning a profit every year. Yeah. A lot I of think it was, teams. So I think it was just the, the level of increase that pissed a lot of people off. I don't think it was, you know, if it would have been raised by a hundred, 200 bucks a seat for a season ticket or whatever. But like I say it from what I read and, and what I see numbers, it, it basically didn't quite, but it basically doubled in price. Right. And that's a lot of, a lot of loot and it pissed a lot of people off. Well, I've always said, would you rather have 6,848, which is what the Brad center holds? I think 6,548. Would you rather have that full of people paying, $15 a ticket or have it half, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, let's jam the freaking place. And, yeah. and, uh, yeah. Anyway, that's kind of my take of seats on this week. And, uh, that's all I have to say about that. Well, Bozzy, that was going to be mine too. So, uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to pass it over to Babs. Babs, you got one for tonight. You know what? Cause you don't have one. I've got two. <laughs> this kid is oh, it's coming in hot. Bozzy. You know just it's it's all about the content. So the first one is me. I need to take a seat. I listened to the video. All right, I listened to the video. Wow, I need to take a seat. Double, double, take a seat. Yeah, yeah. Good work, Babbings. I uh, I listened to the uh, the game tape from last week, and uh, you know the hunting fishing tirade. I realized that I took one of your one of the one of the things you were going to talk about, Belter. So here's this snot-nosed rookie coming in, walking into the dressing room, sees a stall that he wants, points at the stall and says, I want that one, even though it's got your stuff hanging in it. And I took that stall. And then to top it off, we're in the game. And I look up in the, I look up in the stands and I see this blonde and I say, I'm going to get her number to you. And that's your wife. How I didn't end how I didn't end that episode with zippers after taking your after taking your segment from you in my first show. I don't know. You're a better man than I am because most guys would have pumped my eyes shut for doing that. So for me, doing that to you, I need to take a seat. That'll boy Babsy. You know, we like it. We appreciate it. And that's why you got a second chance. The old self seat. That's a classic move on the show. It is. Yeah, it happens. When in doubt, give yourself a seat. Uh, absolutely. And, and so my next one is, you know, I think we're all sick of talking about COVID. We're all sick of hearing about COVID. We all just want to live our freaking lives. And I swear to God, there are people out there that are actually cheering for COVID. They're, they're COVID cheerleaders. You know, there, there was some talk about how um, there was, you know, people who had COVID at the rider game and people who had COVID on the bus. Well, no shit. It's here. 
It's not going anywhere. We're just trying to live our lives, have some fun, do some stuff. And, you know, I, I even went so far as I saw someone who, whose comment was, you know, that the attendance was down at the last game and, and their comment was on, on social media, well, that'll make uh, contact tracing easier. Do you want the riders to exist? Like, do you, do, you, do you really want football? Do you want people to go out and have fun? Or do you want to be right? What, what do you want? You know, and, and that it's, it's just, it's frustrating when people are, people are almost cheering for COVID so that they can be right because they said, oh, this is this or that's a bad idea. So if you're cheering for COVID instead of cheering for people just to get out and enjoy their lives, live and enjoy Saskatchewan summer, take a freaking seat. 100%. You know what? You know what, Babs? You got my, you got me, uh, I was licking my mustache over here and I got thinking from what you just said there from the pandemic, here's my take a seat. I'm going to, I'm going to fire one at you guys. Middle of a pandemic, middle of a drought, probably one of the worst droughts since the 30s. Farmers are struggling. Everything's shit this year. Suck it, and Trudeau. That, and that piece of shit Trudeau calls an election. Take a seat. Let's vote this son of a bitch out. Get this piece of shit out of there so we can start getting our economy back to normal, get prices down, and get everybody working again. Well, everyone's like, yo, the election, it's going to be like, how did we come out of the pandemic we're not even out of it yet like we don't yeah, even know how we've it. recovered we don't even know what the plan is for christ's sakes it's like he's such a piece of shit yeah bad timing you know what though the problem is and i don't I, he's probably gonna get back in oh i'm sure right. he will take a seat son bazar first uh was your first or second week back in regina for richie bros how's uh, uh fourth week <laughs> fourth your four whole weeks back here already yeah. I never know because you're back in Manitoba tonight. You're on the road cruising around for Richie Bros. How do you know my there? internet's bad? Yeah, a little crackly over there. You had to get the hardware. How's everything going over Richie Bros? You guys got any auctions or anything coming up? Yeah, you know what? Obviously, uh, it's a little quieter time for myself that deals directly with the farmers because everybody's uh, in the field getting the crop off and everybody in the southeast working hard to get that crop off. I'm just driving around with a cooler full of water and pop and trying to stop and meet people and just chat them up a bit but yeah the fall is going to be busy auction season we've got uh, auctions all throughout western canada and uh, our site sales are back this fall with the one in in rollo in november and brandon manitoba here in saskatoon and lethbridge and edmonton so yeah busy time but if you're looking to buy or sell equipment uh for the biggest auction company in the world that's going to get you the most money and hit you the most potential uh, buyers and sellers it's richie brothers auctioneers rbauction.com a uh, lot of great hockey weapons through the uh richie yeah. brothers scene too a lot of former hockey guys of course uh little boss there jordan clark played a lot of senior hockey and a guy that yeah. actually got mentioned on this show luke fritshaw who mentioned him he, he works for richie brothers too he was a weapon in senior hockey and, and yeah. semi-pro Pepper. too yeah Pepper Pepper, mentioned yeah. him he he was an absolute weapon he was on those shellbrook teams that i talked about in that interview that uh beat us in two ot games so uh yeah, a lot, a lot of love for that guy, but uh, at the same time, damn it. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and two with Richie Brothers, I mentioned the senior hockey connections. They're going to be sponsoring the senior hockey uh, player of the week when senior hockey gets back up and buzzing. So within the next month, guys, we're going to be starting to think about uh, the upcoming season. So can't wait yeah. for that. It's cooling off out now. Hey, the boys can get out now, start doing some running, little jogging. They don't, they can't complain about the heat. If it cools off too much, they might have to chuck some garbage bags on to really get the sweats out, get the weight down. You want to get that player of the week? We're going to have some good prizes this year. 
I got a text the other night. Speaking of that, I got a text the other night. There's a couple Wadena wagons that have ice rented for this Saturday already, already working off the donuts from the Wadena bakery. Already. They, I sent that out wanna... to a couple I sent that out to a couple of the tigers and uh we're a hard no for August skates. Hard no. <laughs> They're going you know after the first top 10 of the year. They want that right off the hop. They want to start strong. And we talked about this. I don't know if it was with you, Babs, or not, but I'm sure here, like their window is, they're an older group, Wadena. They feel like kind of their window is here in the next couple of years. They got an yeah. older core and some weapons that are, you know, well into their 30s. So they're going to make a push this year. From what insider's phone here, my phone's been buzzing. So yeah, no, look forward to uh, seeing what they bring. And, and Babs, like, what do you think, Babs? Just one last thought on that. Like, how many beer bellies or guys are not going to play or be out of shape? Like, I don't, I don't play senior hockey these days, but freaking COVID's done its toll on me for sure. Yeah, there's uh, it, that's an interesting point to it, just to see how many how many guys come you know come into retirement because you know we played four games last year, but we had a couple guys that didn't play any of the games, and and so you know you're looking at two years off, which in senior hockey that's like 13 right and and uh you know there 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 is no getting back in shape for senior hockey let's be honest here so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens with a couple teams and you know there there'll be some retirements because of that for sure right on guys well i think that pretty much you'll do it here for twirl 68 really really excited about uh, what next week is going to bring here on the show at twirl 69 and uh, yeah Fun show, guys. Just kind of want to give everybody one last uh, thought. Anything you guys want to uh, get in before the end of the show? You got anything? Uh, belts, you first. Good job tonight, boys. Get your applications in. You know, Babs might not be coming back. He might be coming back. You never know. We want to get some interviews in. So let's uh, get those applications in. Mrs. K. Yeah. So for for me, if uh, if this is my uh, my swan song, my. Uh... Give me one more last chance before you say, uh, before what is that? Before you say goodbye, the Vince Gill song. I think there. before you say we're through. Actually, you know what? We're going to play that on the way out, but continue. Take us out. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So, if this is it, I, I want to thank you, fellas, for uh, letting me do this. It's been a hell of a ride, lots of fun. Uh, last week, I gave a shout out to the, uh, the grain farmers. This week, want to sh- give a shout out to the, uh, to the beef farmers. They're, they're going through something too. Uh, we talk about shopping local. If you've uh, if you've got some beef producers in your area that that uh, sell beef, make sure you support them and to be the best beef you get. And uh, you know what, they they could use some help right now. So yeah, everybody keep your chin up. And you know what, we were gonna take August off on the show and like for summer, and we did come back a little bit early. But that was one of the reasons you did mention the grain farmers last week, and I wanted to say that is heard from a lot of people that are like, thanks for keeping to put out twirls here. Cause we're in the combines and, and grain carts and stuff and we need something to listen to. So uh, yeah, big shout out to all those guys and gals uh, this week again as well. And if anybody's got some downtime, just want to let everybody know that uh, slap shot is on Netflix now. So, Oh really? And keep an eye out for Barry. We're looking for him and uh, check out the poster and uh, yeah, find him for us. Cause we Help don't know where he is. Yep. Yeah. We, uh, we got to find a milk jug sponsor so we can get Barry's picture on there. Yeah. Have a great week, everybody. Give me just one more.